Well, it's that time of week, everybody. It's time for Art House Rewind. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're here today live at Art House Cinema to tell you everything that's happening in film, art, and culture land in Billings, Montana. Today we've got a special guest with us to, that we're excited to kind of have a little interview, conversation with someone that if you don't know and love them, you're going to get there pretty quickly or your money back. But before we get there, Brian... Tell the people what's happening in the world that they need to know. Oh, a few things happening in theaters. Um, at Art House, we will be opening just one film this week. It is Breaking. It is sort of a bank heist media parade sort of film. Uh, it's got John Boyega and Michael K. Williams in his last role. Uh, if you don't know, Michael K. Williams was Omar in The Wire, and he passed away a year, maybe a little more ago. So... Uh, this is his last film role, so check it out. It's kind of a dog day afternoon sort of film, so uh, I saw it at Sundance and thought it was pretty great and thought I'd bring it in. Uh, and then at Babcock on Friday, we will have the 30th anniversary of Maiden Billings' film Far and Away with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. So uh, a lot of people telling us they were extras or small bits in that one, so... Come see your friends on the big screen at the Babcock. I honestly don't remember much from the story of the movie. I remember the boxing in the beginning. Yeah. And as a kid, I thought that was cool. But then the rest of the movie was just looking for people that we knew. I don't think I... <laughs> as a kid, I don't remember something about a field yeah. and they're running and there's people. Okay. Did I get it? Is that the story? You. That's the whole story. That's what it said on my Way to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm excited to hopefully check it out because yeah, I think it'd be great. Be good. Uh, then on Saturday, we will have Billing Symphony in, so we'll have some good live music there you should check out. And on Wednesday, uh, we've got our Spaghetti Western Dinner with Gordon McConnell coming in to talk about the big gun down with Lee Van Cleef. So... Should be a great one as well. We love our spaghetti western dinners, so have some pasta, have some movie, and have some lecture. It's all a great event. It's really, really fun. So, so today, uh, our guest is none other than Anna Page, who is the director of audience development uh, for the Billings Symphony and Corral. And we're so excited that you're here. And the reason that you're here is obviously you have an event coming up on Saturday. But even more than that, uh, I think one of the benefits that we've seen over the last couple of years is as we jumped into the Babcock and kind of figured some things out, created what I would call a really great partnership and relationship between Art House and the Symphony and what you guys are doing. Um, and so we thought it'd just be great to hear how are things going with the symphony, uh, what's happening, and what, what's coming up that people need to know because there's a lot of, you guys are doing so much stuff, it seems like, more than ever before. So, in fact, I remember it was a couple months ago, you were about to announce your season, you're like, we're about to announce this many events and this many locations with this many, it's a lot. So It's a big season. Yeah. And I'm super glad to be here. And if we get to it, I have some great far and away tips uh, oh, regarding oh. Tom Cruise. We will get to it. Yes. So, uh, stay to the end. Listeners. Okay. <laughs> That's a tease. <laughs> Don't turn that dial. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting to uh, present the Rocky Mountain Jazz Collective at the Babcock. I think this is their third year um, with the symphony as part of what we call the Sukin series. Uh, the Sukins donated us that beautiful building on 2nd Avenue. So we're nice. your neighbors, yes. which also makes us equally positioned between the Babcock and the Art House. And we're 
thrilled to be able to work with such a great um, arts organization as yourself. So it's a logical partnership, and the Babcock is such a cool venue for live music. So Scott Jeppesen, for those who don't know, he is a saxophonist, uh, also uh, a assistant professor of winds and brass up at Montana State University Billings. He moved to Billings about five years ago. This guy's uh, resume is insane. I mean, he played with who's who in the jazz world in California. We are so lucky to have this guy here. Uh, He basically made his way to Billings to um, take this job at MSUB. And with the help of John Roberts and some of the other uh, professors up there who you might know from bands such as Pon Blanco and um, this Rocky Mountain Jazz Collective, man, they are doing great work for our students who are learning the ropes of the music industry from recording to marketing. It's not just about putting together a great band. And so they're bringing all those skill sets to our students at the university. And then also doing incredible concerts. So Scott's got this big jazz band coming to the Babcock, about 20 players, flying in folks from California that he knows from his work in the industry. And they're doing the music of Henry Mancini. And who knew that Scott knows the Mancini family? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I I didn't know this until I started the symphony, but um, rights to performing music is a whole thing. And we have a librarian on staff who basically deals exclusively with archiving our music, getting all of our members um, the proper um, music for their parts, but also dealing with the, the rights to play a song and the Mancini family has given Scott carte blanche to um, perform Mancini's music which is super rare super awesome opportunity and Scott also is an arranger so he arranged those in ways that are unique to his ear to his vibe to his band while still paying tribute to the legendary Henry Mancini I mean you'll know him as one of the most prolific composers of music for film like this guy wrote more than 200 compositions for movies and television series. I mean, you're going to, of course, think of Pink Panther, Breakfast at Tiffany's, but, I mean, he's got four Academy Awards, a Golden Globe, 20 Grammys, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, and, uh, you know, a lot of jazz elements in his music. So what a cool pairing of how his music shaped a generation of moviegoers and has so many jazz elements, and we're doing it at the Babcock. I mean... Whoa, it's very meta, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's really, really cool. There's a, there's a history to the Babcock, there's a history to this music, and we've done a few of these now, uh, as you mentioned, uh, partnering with the, uh, the Jazz Collective, and it's just, we've all heard nothing but, but great things. It's, it's been really, really such cool. a fun series that is growing. The Sukin series is um, typically smaller events than our big classic yeah. series that you think of when you think of the symphony when we perform at Alberta Bear Theater with the full... Caboodle, you know, with our whole entire orchestra. I mean, this season we have the Messiah in December, so we'll have the chorale as well. We've got um, we've got Holst, and we're doing the Planets, and we've got the Nutcracker. I mean, all those big productions. But the Sukin series, we have it at the Babcock, at the Depot, and also this year we partnered with 
um, Red Ox to do an event oh over at their new facility in East Billings. Outdoor events are a whole nother um, challenge in this part of the world, and that event was postponed oh, um, wow. because of weather. But yeah. luckily, we'll bring back Welcome to Indian Country later in the season. But yeah, the Jazz Collective is our second concert in the Sukin series, and uh, they'll be back in May to play Sinatra. So we're pretty excited to have Darren Small come, sing the role of Sinatra. So you uh, Sinatra lovers can look forward to that. But uh, the Sukin series also brings in international artists. We've got the Albion Quartet coming in from England. We have Mackenzie Melamed doing Rachmaninoff. I mean, I could name drop a lot here, but the <laughs> symphony season is huge yeah. this year. 30 yeah. events, 13 venues. We're super glad that the Babcock is in our venue family. It's it's really cool. So as somebody who was born and raised in Billings, like the symphony was just those big things. It was going to the Alberta Bear Theater to watch a symphony concert. And I went maybe a handful of times uh, when I was younger. I was a cello player when I was in high school. So uh, all that to say, like, I, I don't know if it was similar back when I was younger than it is today, but it seems like it's it's really you guys have worked hard to really diversify and do a lot of different kinds of things compared to just uh, hey come listen to Mozart again uh, you know nothing <laughs> wrong with that but you know that can be I think a wrong but the perception sometimes of the symphony sure. when there really is this diverse all over the place literally physically all over the place but also musically stylistically things are happening all over the place yeah i mean there's a place for the old dead greats right like yeah. mozart and beethoven are gonna sell well because yeah. people know those names and they want to see those classic pieces performed but Anne Harrigan, our music director and our maestra, uh, side note, Anne is one of about just 10% of women leading orchestras in the country. Mm. The Billings Symphony is so fortunate to have dynamic female leadership. We just merged with the Billings Youth Orchestra, mm. bringing four more orchestras under our umbrella. Three of those are led by women, so we now have four female conductors wow. in our organization. It's huge. Cool. It's, a, it's a really exciting time to be part of the symphony because of that growth that you speak to. Matt, I mean, uh, we've tripled our output in the past five years, and um, that's during pandemic time. Yeah. So all arts institutions had to figure out ways to, to deliver programming during COVID, and the symphony had to do a really hard pivot. This was before I was on staff. I was still at the Gazette, kind of watching from afar what arts institutions were doing when COVID hit, and they started live streaming. And that's not necessarily an easy task when your infrastructure doesn't even involve the ability for your staff to work remotely. I mean, they had to build a whole remote infrastructure while simultaneously figuring out how to present music, keep the orchestra safe, um, socially distanced, and also deliver that on a digital platform. And the symphony figured out all of that in real time and then continues to evolve how people can access that music through streaming, through on-demand. Our dress rehearsals are now open to the public who may want um, less of a crowded environment. I get mm -hmm. it. Like I don't like being around a bunch of people. It's just kind of not the thing to do these days. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of opportunities for people to access the symphony any way that they want. It is our belief that music is a human right. And how do we make that music accessible to everyone? The symphony is for everyone. It has something for everyone. And I'm working really hard to just kind of 
dissolve those um, illusionary barriers and those real barriers that people have to coming into a concert hall, accessing a show. Student tickets and tickets for people under the age of 30 are half priced. There's a lot of different ways to get involved with, yeah. with the symphony. So i um, happy to chat about it all day long. If anybody's <laughs> interested, you can always find us at um, our new and really vibrant storefront um, down on 2nd Avenue North, 2822nd Avenue North, right yeah. on the street with the Babcock. Get yeah. to see that beautiful marquee right down the way. And, and down it's really cool because we the first year plus that we were there, I mean, they, they didn't know what to do with that building. They were still figuring it out. You know, there mm-hmm. was, you know, it was just vacant. For yes, that, so, that to vacancy. To watch that come alive and really, yeah. and you guys have the, I feel like you're showing us up, honestly, with that speakers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm walking by, and you guys are piping music into the streets. I'm like, dang it, we got to get some speakers like they, and then we can just have a speaker off. And, we could, know, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've had people ask if we could bring music to all of downtown, yeah. and honestly, we've considered it. It's cool. I mean, no, yeah. it changes. It, the, it is a game changer. Because I, you know, I've experienced it like in LA, walking around those outdoor malls and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool, but yeah. In the winter, you know, but even in the winter, you guys are piping music and it's like, that's eh, kind of a nice little pick me up in the midst yeah. of the snow. I'll take it. Yeah, it, it is the core of, of who we are. Um, enriching lives through music is the symphony's mission. And if you haven't seen that that building evolution, I mean, it was vacant for about five or six mm-hmm. years before the Sukin family donated the space. Um, we own that entire building. So we are also landlords, which helps um, support the symphony um, through a development corporation. It's it's a, a lot of back-end legalese, but um, we are landlords to um, some pretty cool businesses and uh, also allow ourselves a space that we host performances. We have the only Bosendorfer uh, piano owned by a symphony in the state. That thing is worth more than my house. It was paid <laughs> for by the community of Billings. And um, I mean, it records the keystrokes so we can have famous pianists come in and record their performances and play them back. Wow. It is really cool. And actually, I want to cool. do like karaoke with the Bosendorfer. That's <laughs> one of my like events. So watch for that because be really cool. it also yeah. plays some pretty fun um, like Toby Keith songs of all random things. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Gentlemen, I, I, I have other questions for Anna, but I'm going to take it in a little left turn. So you have any questions or thoughts? Um, my question is for you, Anna Page, of all the things, because you, you know all the things that are coming up, whether it's in two months or in a year and a half, what is the event that you are most excited to have in Billings? And why is it at the Babcock? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's like, I ask people that when I interview them and it's always like, oh, you want me to pick my favorite baby? (laughs) (laughs) But this is, to me, the coolest collaboration that the symphony has going on. It is hyper Montana, hyper local. We partnered with uh, a photographer and a composer for an event on November 12th at ABT. It's called A Story Without Words. So uh, this photographer, uh, Marcus Cravens, he goes by Doc. He's a veteran. He has taken pictures of Montana veterans for years. They're very stark and gritty black and white photos, but also there's humor to them too because he he will um, surprise people with a joke 
joke or something and catch them laughing. Those portraits, specifically commissioned by the Symphony of Billings Veterans, were then given to um, Ilsa Marie Lee, who is uh, in Bozeman. She is an educator and also a composer, and she composed a track of music that will make its world premiere on November 12th at ABT, paired with those photos. We're also bringing in Taga Larson from the Chicago Symphony on trumpet. And I didn't know this, but Chicago Brass is the best of the best, considered one of the best brass sections in the world. I'm like, okay, cool, why? Well, <laughs> it's their hall. They Their hall is a really challenging hall to perform in, and so those brass players have just chops for days. Mm. So we had um, uh, one of their uh, French horn players in Billings, and he just blew us away. And so we're really excited to have Taga Larson come back on trumpet. That would be probably my favorite baby. And I've got some things in the works over with the Yellowstone Art Museum as a partnership to be announced. So watch for that. All right. Jacob? Uh, I wanted to start off with just a big shout out to Anna because uh, even in her previous role, I think you have been the most supportive person we've had as far as an outside voice talking about what we're doing and, and getting people into the theater that you know read and saw your articles and paid attention to what you were doing. So big shout out and thank you there. Oh, thank you. Um, what is your favorite music soundtrack in movies? Oh, man. <laughs> You just hit, like, my little uh, weak spot. Um, I have the worst movie memory of all time. I can rewatch things um, constantly because I just, for some reason, I have, like, a very specific experience with music, but movies are something that I get to enjoy over and over again. But I'll say that whatever Wes Anderson does, I'm always into. He has, like, a music vibe, right? And I just, I love all of his films. And um, The Fantastic Mr. Fox is probably number one on my list of movies I could watch just day in and day out. But that... That music, you you hear it carried through everything, and they just had that. Um, you guys just had that Wes Anderson flick about the journalist yeah, French Dispatch, French Dispatch. Yeah. and then I was like, "This is so fantastic, Mr. Fox," because yeah. it had that same kind of like, I don't know, I'm doing a little mm-hmm. dance, like people can see me here, but that, that <laughs> vibe, that to me um, stands out as as the top of my list. I like awesome. It. So it's a good good transition. So the question for me, uh, so Anna, you've been. You've been in Billings a while, obviously, and you've done a lot of different things and usually art-centered on, on different levels. So you've been at the Gazette for a couple different stints as the arts and culture writer and, you know, did a phenomenal job there. We were always excited uh, to have you doing the work there that you were doing. But now you're in symphony land. So for you, is, is there always been a love of symphony or, and I'm not trying to, you know, just feed lead the witness here but there's a part of me that hears you talk about music is a human right yes and so like for me there's something bigger happening here than you just really love the violin and french horn together there's something (laughs) bigger and just knowing who you are i'd love to hear you talk about what is it that that brought you into the symphony and you know as somebody that has done a lot of different things that continues to fuel your passion for what you're doing and art in our community of Billings, Montana. Yeah, I I appreciate that question. I was just on the phone with John Roberts' mother who called to buy tickets to this great event we have coming up at the Babcock on Saturday. But we got to chatting um, just about 
how children grow up with music and John grew up with a household where you know there were cartoons on and I've talked to some folks who their first exposure to classical music was through cartoons right I mean think about when your first musical you know notes are it's all it's all interlaced in classical and I was a flute player I played in the symphony I was on a music scholarship that was my trajectory and somewhere along the lines I got a little bit rebellious and I said no thanks and I joined a punk rock band and it really informed my formative years I was you know writing about music in college for a local entertainment rag and playing really crappy punk rock music and here I am you know, 30-odd years later back in this symphonic world that I grew up in. And so I don't know how it happened, except that I needed a break from journalism. My heart ached when I was navigating the pandemic and the changes in how information is delivered and the distrust that the community carries for a very valuable and and old institution working at a paper that was established in the late 1800s has a deeper challenge than coming into an institutional arts organization that's 72 years old, but the same kind of challenge, which is there is false assumptions about what this product is and its its value to the community. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's all the same. Like I don't come in as a marketer. I come in as a journalist thinking about how do I tell these stories and share with the community the really incredible things that somebody like Scott Jeppesen or um, you know somebody like our guest artists bring to the world through their passion. That's always going to be me as a storyteller. Um, so yeah, I'd love to get back into the journalism community, and I never left it. I do work for Montana Free Press because that is my true heart is a storyteller. And I think there's so many great stories to tell and tying that into a musical trajectory has always been what kept me as an arts journalist. And so the state is as wealthy with, with talented people and anything I can do to open those stages up to all different experiences and voices and, and share these, these uh, different experiences that that's who I am. It's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I thanks think, for the questions. Well, I, I think anybody that knows you knows this, but you know, for me, when I think about Art House, you know, there's certain people in our community that have been around for a long time. That Art House is not on an island. That we are together, trying to move our community forward uh, in in some ways that we think are beneficial. And and you are one of those people that's been a part of that push. In some ways, we're standing on the shoulders of the work you've been doing for years and a lot of different arts avenues and venues and trying to just keep our community moving forward in that direction that, that Billings has a lot of great people and a lot of great things happening so yeah it's for, a heavy build I'm glad to share the story I think I was one of your first podcast guests way back in the long, day long time ago. yeah exactly <laughs> when, when there, there were some other things happening that I was trying and it was like gotta get this Anna person and it was one of the first times we ever sat down and had a conversation it yeah was awesome. it was great I'm glad to stay connected with such incredible people as yourselves thank you for what you do for Billings well thank you so 
Thanks for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, don't miss Saturday at the Babcock and don't miss the Sukin series or anything that's happening with the Billing Symphony. Uh, Anna, you kind of pointed at it, but if they're curious and they just need to know all the information, where should they go? Be a place? <laughs> you know what? Hit up billingsymphony.org or I'll tell you what, my direct line, two nine four three seven one two. You guys can call and chat me up. Let me hear your symphony stories. I love talking to our patrons. We have such an incredible generation. I mean, I've seen three to four generations of people at the symphony, so I know that there's a deeply seated love of this organization in our community. Love to hear from you. Beautiful. I have a quick question. Oh, here we go. If we... Oh, and we still have the far and away thing. Oh, oh gosh, the yeah. And there's, there's some curse words, so yeah, if there's sensitive okay. ears, we might, you know, just okay. Okay. it. Yeah. Well, first, I need to ask if we made room in the schedule, cleared out the venue for you, would you reunite your punk rock band to do a reunion show? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> one of our one of my very good friends was just started a Facebook group, and they're like, "Where are recordings of these bands? Like, where's?" And I have an old tape, and I'm like, "Oh my god, am I gonna bring that thing up into the world?" But yeah, it could be digitized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, ah, that's great. Okay, so. Far and away story. Yep. Two random kids, stories. Kids, turn it off. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> the one, I used to date someone who was uh, remodeling what was then the Crown Plaza. And the Tom Cruise suite the, the, at the very top, you know, all those windows are locked, so you don't have any jumpers. But those windows could open wide because, you know, Tom needed his air, his fresh right. air up there. So that one's not as exciting as the other one when... Um, Larry Mayer, who you may or may not know, he has been a photographer at the Gazette for ages. He's an institution, an invaluable member of the arts community in Billings, sharing the visual identity. And so when Far and Away was here, the staff of the Gazette was taking pictures. Larry has a recording. Um, I'm sure he'd play it for anyone who is interested, because he dredged it up and digitized it from an old answering machine of Tom Cruise giving him a call, because Larry was on set. Or maybe it was one of the other photographers taking pictures with film. And the they were taking pictures of Tom and Nicole, and so their stage folks or their, their camera crews came up to them and said, we want your film. And they're like, no, you can't have our, our film. And so they left and wouldn't give them the, the rolls of film. And then um, they called up Larry and uh, left him a message, and it's essentially like, Larry, this is Tom Cruise. <laughs> you played that for me. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but at some point you played that for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the, amazing. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have that recording. Yeah. That's so. incredible. <laughs> you might bleep that if you need to. <laughs> no. Well, thanks you so should, much. You should just make that your answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's been some really good good uh, expletives dropped in the newsroom, but that's probably one of my favorites. That's so. a good one. So, Jake, Brian, good to see you. I'll continue to see you <laughs> as we work together. I guess Anna, it's really good to see you. <laughs> so, you thank you so much. So. Everybody, if you need to know what's happening in the world, head to billingsymphony.org or arthousebillings.com and we'd love to give you all the information you need to know about what's happening to what we think are great organizations. Other than that, hope to see you all very soon at the movies or the symphony. Bye! Bye!